Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 67 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. We have a great show today. The theme of the show is the pursuit of liberty and life. Our first hour, we have Steve Gwynn. He's the owner of Steve Gwynn International, and he's going to be talking to us about everyday survival tips. We also have Jacob Pritchett and Garrett Walleman with Students for Self-Defense at ASU. They are the directors of this No More Victims initiative on the college campus of ASU, and it is a holistic approach to personal safety that goes beyond advocating for firearms on campus. Our second hour, we have Drew Burquist, the founder and editor of OpsLens.com, talking about getting off the X. Interested to see what that's about. We also have Robert Manzel. He is a lifelong member of the NRA, outdoorsman, and hunter. Robert is a candidate for the 2017 NRA Board of Directors. We also have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary coming um, up. <laughs> well, before we get started on the program, I would like to say, you know, there's an, a very important election going on in Louisiana today. Oh, wait a minute. I thought the election was over. Haven't we been through all of this? With the runoff. Oh. And they haven't decided who was going to be the congressman for Louisiana yet. Okay. So the, the election's over at 6 o'clock their time. And I want to take the time to just uh, talk to you about Captain Higgins. He needs your help. He's a straightforward guy. He's a good man. He's a Christian. And he wants to go to Congress. And he needs your help. So we need to go out there and vote for him. Yeah, if you're in Louisiana, you've got till what, 6 o'clock tonight to cast your vote. And uh, he really is uh, the kind of guy. We had him on, was it just last week? Yeah. I forget now already. Um, talking about his the runoff election, what he's up against, and you know he his component his component his opponent uh, has had super deep pockets. Somebody that was a Democrat switched to Republican Party uh, just long enough to run in this election, and uh, Captain Higgins is a lifelong uh, lover of and supporter of your constitutional rights, and he's had a tiny budget and been able to do incredible things. But they are up against the wire now, and uh, if, you're, if you're in Louisiana, call your neighbor, get out, vote. And he's a tough guy. He's, uh, he he's fighting for what's right. Absolutely. And he's not wishy-washy and changing from Democratic to Republican and back yeah, and forth. That. So keep that in mind and go out there and vote, and let's give him some support. Absolutely. Well, he has spent his entire career— uh, serving our our country, serving his community, and uh, he's really embodied the pursuit of life and liberty, and that is our theme today. 
the pursuit of life and liberty. What comes to mind when we say these words, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Well, of course, that's a part of the United States Declaration of Independence. The phrase gives three examples of unalienable rights, which the Declaration says have been given to all human beings by their creator and which governments are, in turn, created to protect. But in context of today's show and today's guests, we're thinking much closer to the process of just getting safely through everyday life. We witnessed recently an 18-year-old young man who went on a murderous rampage on a college campus using his vehicle and ordinary kitchen knife as weapons to inflict damage on his fellow man. On the day he attacked, Americans in every state were just going about their lives, working on their careers, raising their families, and enjoying those unalienable rights. But on that college campus, in the immediacy of the attack, 11 people were suddenly forced to redefine what it means to pursue life and liberty. Not one of those people were looking for a fight or antagonizing their attacker. None of them were personally responsible for triggering this man who sought to end their lives with any means necessary, which means that it could have been you or me or any of us at any moment we might find ourselves confronted with the immediate danger of an angry, unstable person, a stalker, or even a rioting mob. How, in the instant that danger visits us, do we pursue life and liberty? What is the pathway to safety and how do we protect ourselves so that we have a brighter tomorrow to look forward to? Well, our guests today will each talk about how we can increase our chances of avoidance of danger and survival in the face of an attack and how to protect those unalienable rights so that the future generations of this country will also have the same freedoms as we do. Wow. Well, it kind of made me think of what my uh, commentary should be today. I was listening, I I was watching the the Facebook last night, (laughs) and there was a reporter that went to some of the college campuses, and they didn't blame him as being a terrorist. They didn't blame him as being a bad guy. They they said he was a victim. Mm. This guy that drove the car into these people and started stabbing him, was a victim because he was being picked on. Well, and we don't even know if he was being picked on. But I think it just, it takes empathy to an unhealthy place. I think that that's what, what we're seeing out there is it's good to be empathetic. But it's another thing to understand that sometimes There's evil in the world, and sometimes bad people are going to do bad things. And, you know, to not just lead entirely with our hearts, but also to keep our minds in play. There was another uh, video that I shared on the Facebook, and I think I I ruined it for a lot of people. Because, um, so it's in a mall somewhere, and everybody has an English accent, so I assume it's not here in America. And there's this huge red box with a phone on it in the mall and so the phone rings and somebody goes up and they answer it and it's Santa on the other end and Santa says would you like a a present and so of course people say of course I would and so out out of this huge red contraption pops a a present and people are excited and he says but it's not for you because presents aren't for 
receiving. Presents are for giving. And so go and find someone in the mall and give it to. And they actually tell them, you know, guy in the blue sweater, whatever. So they run up to the person that has been identified and they hand him a gift and surprise them with a gift. And it's this wonderful moment. And so my tactical mind goes into play and I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm, I'm in a crowded mall and somebody runs up into my personal space that I don't know. They want to hand me something that is wrapped up so I can't tell what's inside. And it requires all of my attention and focus and both of my hands. Uh, thank you, but no. So I <laughs> Especially if it's ticking, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, that's the downside of having a tactical mindset. Um, but we, I think we need to maybe up that part of our, our thinking and our situational awareness a little bit more. Because, you know, the world has always been wonky. I don't know if it's any more or less wonky right now. But um, whatever we can do to keep ourselves safe, that's just good for our families. It's good for our communities, which is good for our country. So um, stick around because we have a fantastic lineup of guests coming up. Uh, Steve Gwynn, the owner of uh, Steve Gwynn International, uh, he's going to be talking to us about those kinds of things. So you're at the mall, you're shopping, you're wearing heavy clothing because it's cold outside. Um, you're distracted because you have more to-do lists on your mind because now you've got a baking list, you've got a shopping list, uh, you got gifts you've got to send away, these kinds of things. So he's our first guest. Be sure and stick around for him and everybody on our lineup right after this break. Can you survive the legal aftermath of self-defense? Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network can give you peace of mind knowing that you have the financial and legal assistance to face this new threat to your liberty, your property, and your good name. Become a member today for just $135 a year. Join Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network today. ArmedCitizensNetwork.com. Use the tracking code 15625 or Paul Lathrop. ArmedCitizensNetwork.com. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. Mom. 
Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we have, uh, as I said, a great lineup of people who are going to speak to us from varying uh, angles as far as our theme, the pursuit of life and liberty. And very often we take that to a macro, right? And the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, it's, it's in our Declaration of Independence. Um, but what happens when we find ourselves driving down the road and then suddenly we're in the middle of a protest that, you know, it's pretty animated, could turn into a riot any second? What happens when we are um, coming and going, doing our holiday shopping and um, you know, maybe there's people out there that are really taking advantage of our level of distraction and having more maybe targets available to them because there's more people maybe out and about, um, doing holiday shopping and, uh, you know, errands and going to parties and, and that sort of thing. So we thought we'd bring together a, a whole bunch of different people on the show today to, to talk about those sorts of things. So our first guest, uh, we have Steve Gwynn. Now, Steve Gwynn is the owner of Steve Gwynn International, and he uh, is somebody that I follow on my social media. He's, he's great on Instagram, uh, as a matter of fact, and he's always showing uh, self-defense techniques. And, you know, sometimes those of us that have our our concealed carry uh, firearm we maybe that's as far as our training goes maybe we don't think any farther as to how would we protect ourselves if we are in a place where maybe we don't have our firearm you know we've got a lot of kids programs around the holidays we're going to be on school campuses um you know we're going to be in airports and that sort of thing so I wanted to bring him on and have him talk about uh, things that we can do to up our situational awareness and um, some, some techniques maybe to protect ourselves. So uh, is Steve with us? Steve, yes, are you with us? Yes, ma'am. Oh, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. So uh, in my lead up and, and in my opener, I was just talking about, um, you know, keeping ourselves safe. And I think it's very much on our minds about um, maybe not how to keep ourselves safe, and you're going to hopefully help us with that, but the fact that we do need to keep ourselves safe in places where we may not be able to take our tool of defense, whether that's a knife, a gun, a pepper spray, and over the holidays, we're traveling on planes, right? We're disarmed. We're disarmed both ways, to and from the airport. We're in strange cities, and we're in other strangers' cars, cabs, and Ubers. And they obviously know that we're disarmed if we're saying, hey, take me to the airport, or if they're picking us up from the airport and saying, take us home. So talk to us a little bit about what you teach people when, when we're in situations like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first off, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, uh, you know, help spread and uh, the awareness and to educate. But you're absolutely right. Utilizing uh, firearms, I know here in Indiana, I've uh, applied and received my lifetime handgun permit. So, you know, concealed carry, I'm not sure about Arizona laws, but um, 
it is it just a tool? It's a tool uh, to protect you, protect your family, or perhaps other people that are unfortunate and, and they choose not to, to exercise their Second Amendment right. But I try to carry everywhere possible. And let me just start by saying a lot of people say I'm unable to carry um, versus I'm not allowed to carry. And I know that's a gray area. Um, I follow one of the tenants of James Yeager, and he just basically says not allowed to carry doesn't mean you're not able to carry. Um, again, as we see more increasing um, you know, attacks on our Second Amendment rights, uh, that's, just, that's something that I'll just leave it there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, if I'm able to do certain things, I, I do what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a time that you cannot carry, and or like you mentioned, other tools. Because being a martial artist, I look at every weapon. I, I try to utilize the word tool because you're right. It is a tool. Um, it only helps improve the, the, the workload. What's the workload? Well, we're talking about protecting ourselves. So you don't have to have the tool. It does make it easier. We know it's a force multiplier. But I try to teach people the more you know, the less you need. That's the Cody Lundin principle. And that applies even into the realm of, of protection. So what if I could train you how to pick anything up and immediately weaponize it? What if I could teach you how to grab uh, on a second's notice, pick anything up, learn its make and its function? You know, because there's different categories. Some things I would say are edged weapons. Some are flexible weapons. Some are projectile weapons. But if you could pick anything up and utilize it as a tool to defend yourself, that would be paramount above having the tool. Absolutely. It is. The education cannot be taken away from you. Go ahead. Absolutely. And so as you're talking about that, what came to my mind was um, the the programs I've seen out there that are helping uh, teachers, administrators, and students know what to do if if there's a an incident on campus where they need to either you know fight or flight and you know this this hunker down shelter in in place thing is that's outdated now we're we're hearing you know find something and throw it find something and so if somebody has that extra layer of training and mental preparedness that you teach how much better they are going to be able to help protect themselves and those around them most definitely. Like once 9-11 happened, before then, everything was a routine hijacking where people just sat there and everything would be okay. Once they started to realize this was a suicide mission, um, you know, if you follow the official story, um, then that people started to rise up. They said, well, then if my life is in jeopardy, then I'm going to stand and fight. And you should always think that way. I would never try to. Uh, I would always be looking for an opportunity to strike. Now, sometimes I may cooperate until I buy that moment in time, but um, I'm, you know, criminals are getting uh, more severe. Um, you're going to have to, one of, my, one of my coaches says, you'll never outgrow warfare. You simply must learn to fight. Mm. So when we were younger, we called it being bullied. Now it's, uh, you know, then it's, it's, it's hazing or, you know, you're always going to be tested. And you always need to be able to stand up when there is injustice. And so, again, educating yourself should be part of uh, 
you know, what makes you a responsible citizen. You know, we, we were birthed out of uh, standing up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have let that go and put it into the hands of, uh, you know, our wonderful law enforcement agencies. And they are there to protect us. But as you and I both know, uh, that's where they always say. That's why we have our fire extinguishers. We don't have, you know, the fire brigade standing right at our door. So you may have to take it into your own hands. Your This is your life. You don't have, it's not a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you don't have to be obsessed about it. I've chosen to devote my life to it 20 plus years, but that doesn't mean you have to. There are some simple tips and tricks that the average everyday civilian can learn and incorporate. And it's just, it's no nonsense. If you could pick anything up and protect yourself or defend yourself, that would be so valuable. I I couldn't even put a price tag on that. And yet people tell me they don't have the time to practice or to train. And uh, I mean, to me, that's, you're taking risks and, I agree. I'm in, yeah, I'm into shortcuts. I want to. I want to hurry and get the most bang for my buck. I don't want to always have to. Uh, you know how many people carry firearms that they don't train them, or they train paper targets. You know, so many yards away. We know most of your attacks are going to be within feet, and you're going to probably need to utilize empty hand maneuvers first before you go for your firearm. So, I mean, there's so much that is neglected in training, and people, they train, and it's almost a false sense of security. Yeah, I agree. And so, you know, getting back to, you know, the holiday season and the cold weather season and, you know, it's dark, longer hours, these kinds of things, you know, it's it changes. The seasons change the um, the possibly level of um, opportunity, the, the amount of time... There's an opportunity for bad guys to do something because oh, bad yeah. guys love the cover of darkness, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They maybe they love that we're wearing heavy, bulky clothing because now if we carry in our waistband, how are we going to mm-hmm. get to it through this huge? I mean, we're in Arizona, so we don't really experience that quite <laughs> so much. Or if you're in a snowy place, what if you've got bulky gloves on and your yeah. your gloved hand won't even fit? Your gloved finger won't even fit into your trigger guard. I think we're not focused this time of year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The distract, this level of distraction is huge. And, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the, the shuffling of our feet while our faces are buried into our cell phones. I mean, it is ridiculous. It, well, I, on my notes for this session, and I know I'm, I don't have a lot of time with you, but on my notes I wrote down, uh, you know, a series of things that I, I think are important. First thing is a survival mindset. You've got to... You've got to be very vigilant in your protection and your safety. It's your responsibility, mm-hmm. you know. And the second thing is your situational awareness. Once you have that mindset, that killer instinct that I am not going to be victimized, you have to have situational awareness. You have to start, you know, use your spidey sense is what I teach. You know, you've you got to, don't be paranoid, but don't live in a, in a level white, you know. I, I say a healthy yellow. And just always be conscious of, of you know, con- uh, of what's around you, your surroundings, and, and then carry yourself, your body language. That's another point I made. Your body language, you know, walk, move with a purpose. Don't just shuffle around like you don't belong there. I mean, own it. If you're going to be there, be there. 
And then uh, finally, if you are confronted, you got to utilize that verbal jujitsu. You got to know how to talk to someone. I, I, that is your first response. Bruce Lee called it fighting without fighting. You know, I'm a bouncer uh, on my part-time job. I've been doing it 15 years. You know how much de-escalation I have. You know, when I walk to a guy who's fighting and I separate him and I say, you know, he wants to be heard. And I say, well, tell me your side of the story, but the music's too loud. Let's go outside and you can tell me everything. And I get him outside and I shut the door behind him. Nice. See, you have to start outsmarting these these criminals mm-hmm. before they, I mean, they're savvy. You've got to, and I'm sorry, if you don't want to be involved in your safety and your protection, then, you know, you're taking a huge risk. Mm-hmm. You're taking a huge risk, especially this time of year, because criminals do know that you're out you're buying a, you know, a ton of gifts, you're spending money, you're putting them in your car and going right back into the next place, and they will wait and watch you, they study you, they put time into this stuff. Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's definitely worse. Uh, last other points I would just say is, you know, if you do learn um, a weapons system, a weapon-based system that I would recommend, um, you know, obviously, I'm a free agent, you can bring me out anywhere, uh, I would love to travel and teach. Um, you know, I'm very reasonable, and uh, that's that's what God put me on this earth to do. But if, if not, try to find. Uh, there's a martial art called Filipino Kali. Uh, you will see it in the Jason Bourne movies, and it's a weapon-based system. However, you don't need the weapon to functionalize your movements. So that right there is an easy. Uh, I've been doing it over 20 years. Amazing art. And it would it would complement your firearm skills, or you know your pepper spray, or your batons, whatever weapon you choose to pick up. See, I uh, I think that's yeah. so important, and you know at at the very minimum, I think people should probably you know and and let's tell people how they can find uh, the videos that you put out there. Sure. Just just engage your mind. You know, on your lunch hour, engage your mind, um, you know, as you're you're kind of winding your day down or something and get in the habit of viewing the world the way that someone like Steve Gwynn does. You know, uh, you know, you're you're not seeing you're not a hammer looking for a nail, but you you know how to behave like a hammer if a nail presents itself. Is that (laughs) does that make sense? I mean, you said it. Keep preaching. That's. When I walk out of my door, uh, you know, I don't just blindly bolt out. I usually open the door uh, and scan. And it's just, again, it's not a, it's not being paranoid. It's just that's part of your, that is part of your self-defense. There's layers. And look at the president. He's got layers of protection. You, you very rarely see handguns being pulled or, or submachine guns pulled out from Secret Service because there's all these other layers of safety built in. So mm-hmm. if we did that for ourselves, then it wouldn't have to get down to hand-to-hand or nitty-gritty. Mm-hmm. So that's why most self-defense, you know, it's it's park under the lights. It's, you know, uh, use the buddy system. You know, if I, that, that's a perfect one right there. I mean, people uh, on college campuses, well, my girlfriend, this, that, and the other. Why did you leave her? Well, I thought she was okay. Look, you have to have a buddy. The SEAL teams are all about buddy systems. Hmm. So if the SEALs are going to have a buddy, I mean, I want my, my daughter going to college to have a buddy too, you know? Absolutely. And it, absolutely. It's accountability. It's, hey, I got you. You know, when I go out, again, 
I'm a bouncer. So how many people do I see come out drinking and they don't have their DD with them? Mm. And, you know, I mean, that's just people do not think until it's too late. And then they're like, oh, gee, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. How did I get victimized? And there were all of these telltale signs. But you're right. So many people, they do not want to major in the minors. And this to them is a minor. To me, it's a major. It's what I've devoted my life to. But well, and if some you're... quick things you can do? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so just some quick things you can do. I would say take a class, you know. I mean, we you go to painting class, you go to you know maybe a dance class or learn a foreign language. Just do a self-defense class one day a week, one hour a week. What I mean, that's amazing. It at least gets your mind thinking, you know, and um so I would I would I'd find some self-defense you know, maybe not a, a tournament, you know, uh, style of martial arts, but I would look for something like a Krav Maga or, like I said, a Filipino Kali, um, something that's reality-based. And then you will get so much education from that. And, uh, you know, if if you want to listen to radio programs such as yours or if you want to, you know, just get on YouTube and kind of look at some different things here and there, but you need to start to surround yourself with the ideology of, you know, self-defense. That's, that's, that's it. It's a, you have, there's nothing to it but to do it. Absolutely. Well, we do need to wrap up, but please yeah. tell folks how they can follow the work you do, check out the videos that you post, and uh, maybe even have you out and do a training at their place of business. Most definitely. I'd love to have it uh, set up anytime. Um, you can just follow me on Facebook. Steve Gwynn, um, or you can find my business page, Steve Gwynn International, uh, same on Instagram. And, you know, I've, I've really neglected my video series. I do plan on putting out, uh, you know, a, a series of videos that are no nonsense and, you know, step by step. And uh, that will be on YouTube, but I, I have, I've been so busy. I just honestly have not been putting out the content like I need to. So be on the lookout for that. And, uh, awesome. and just anything you want to share on your website, you know. Very good. And it's Steve Gwynn, G-U-I-N-N, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you so much for, for being our guest today and taking the time out of Thank your Saturday. You. And uh, I really appreciate the work you're doing helping keep yes, people safe out there. Absolutely. And remember, the proof of love is the willingness to protect. I love that. All right, Steve Gwynn. All right, thank you. Thank have you. You too. All right, stick around because coming up right after this, we have two uh, awesome young gentlemen in studio sitting right next to us, actually. We have Jacob Pritchett and Garrett Walliman. They're the directors of Students for Self-Defense on the campus of ASU. Stick around. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potigold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potigoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or 
Bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, we are glad you are here with us today. And if you miss any portion of today's show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and you will find the recording of this show and every show we've ever done. This is, what episode are we 67. on? 67. 67. That means there's 66 other episodes that you could fill your your time with. You're going to be driving around a lot, doing some Christmas shopping and, and Hanukkah shopping and other kind of holiday shopping. You're going to be traveling. So just uh, dial us up and Put us in your earbuds and uh, so many wonderful guests we've had in the last 67 episodes. And uh, today is no different. And also, speaking of guests, there's a guest tab that you could click on when you go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. And you can actually put a face to a voice. So every single person we've ever had on, there's a picture of them. They have their own guest page. There's a link to their website, to their Facebook page. Um, because sometimes people think, gosh, I'd like to know more about that person, or I'd like to connect with that person and ask them some some private questions. So our website is a great resource for that. Okay, well, without further ado, we have two awesome in-studio guests sitting right here with us. We have Jacob Pritchett. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. And Garrett Wallerman. Hello. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us. Absolutely. They are the directors of a No More Victims initiative on the college campus here in Arizona, the college campus of ASU. And their their organization is S, the number four, SD, S4SD Students for Self-Defense. And it's a holistic approach to personal safety that goes far beyond advocating for just firearms on campus. And you know, what came to mind, guys, is when we saw that attack recently on uh, the Ohio State University College, um, where the only gun involved was the good guy with a gun that stopped things. Um, so, you know, bad guys, they're opportunistic, right? They're going to 
use anything at any time they possibly can. And I, Jacob, it was you that said something just went out on the wire today on your campus. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So, of course, everybody's talking right now about the incident at Ohio State University where um, a number of people were, were unfortunately stabbed. But just recently, I, I believe today, at Arizona, at Arizona State University, um, an instructor was confronted uh, with a knife in her office, and she felt that she had to comply with the person. And the person seemed to be um, rambling, saying uh, crazy things. And um, the, the first thing, nobody was hurt, and uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But um, they haven't found the person that came into uh, her office at this point. And the thing I thought about this is that, hey, um, you know, ASU has weapons prohibition policies in place. It didn't stop this knife-wielding person from coming on campus. And uh, a couple of people commented after the fact that um, the building that they were in was really unsecure. I mean, it was... It's not a very high traffic day, but the doors were, um, all of the doors in question were unlocked. It's uh, right on University, um, which is a, a major street in Tempe, and anybody can just can just walk in whenever they want. And yet there's this policy that uh, people aren't able to carry uh, knives, stun guns, pepper spray, tasers, or firearms for self-defense at Arizona State. So if something, you know, God forbid this had been something worse, the instructor wouldn't have been able to protect themselves. Yeah, how's that working for the instructor right now, those mm. rules? Not, not very well as far no. as we can tell. Yeah, it sounds like she's a little bit shaken up, but uh, again, like Jacob said, fortunately no one was hurt. <laughs> yes. Well, Garrett, doesn't that um, really put all of the students and the instructors and the administration and the nursing staff, I mean, anybody that's on that campus, doesn't it kind of put them in a sitting duck position? That's absolutely correct. Um, like Jacob said, the university is in the middle of a city. There's absolutely nothing stopping anybody from coming onto campus. Um, while they have signs uh, you know, prohibiting weapons policies, these certainly don't stop people from bringing weapons onto campus. Uh, so there's, there's really nothing stopping uh, somebody from, from coming on and doing something like this. So what are you guys trying to do to fix that? We're advocating for a common sense approach at Arizona State University. And actually, I'm the... the National Director for Students for Self-Defense. Now we're under the Second Amendment uh, Institute, actually, which is kind of a bigger effort to bring this uh, holistic approach to all kind of walks of life. But we're we're advocating for um, just a, a, a common sense way of thinking about these things. You know, some people saw this and they immediately said, well, hey, we should have had more rules like that would have, you know, stopped this from happening. And <laughs> At some point, you have to stop and look at, like, hey, are these rules that we have right now um, working? And we just, our, our, you know, point here at ASU is to just, you know, advertise, agitate, you know, whatever we can do to bring people's attention to the fact that, hey, what you have right now is, is not working. And that's, um, that's what we see our, our role right now. We could take, an, you know, another role sometime in the future, but education is the... Um, is the route that we're pursuing right now and uh, opening a, a dialogue between students that want to protect themselves and uh, the universities um, that they are, you know, constituents of. So how do you convince the other side that the laws are, no matter how many laws you have, they're still going to be broken, that we, we need to defend ourselves? 
I'm not sure how much hope there is for actually convincing the other side. What we're more focusing on is uh, the middle, the people uh-huh. who are perhaps either undecided or simply haven't thought through the issue very much. And I think that's the case for most students. Um, and we're trying to do things like bring in speakers to talk about why self-defense is an important and empowering thing for you to do, uh, hold events where we actually uh, bring trainers in to train them in uh, stuff like pepper spray or tasers. We even last semester held an event where we took some students who had never fired a gun before out to a shooting range, um, and they got their first experience with that. So that's what we're focusing on right now, getting uh, the students who, who maybe don't have much of an opinion on it and trying to show them what we consider to be the right way. That's awesome. And anytime you can take somebody that's inexperienced and maybe a little, you know, curious but afraid out to a, and have give them a safe uh, and responsible uh, experience uh, with a firearm, uh, that is, that's life changing. You know, even if the, what they decide is that was cool, but I, I'm, you know, guns are just not for me. They just don't fit in my life. That is still an amazing and life-changing experience because now they have something to base it on rather than some third-hand, emotionally-laced, um, you know, media-driven messaging. And so they, they own that for themselves. And we applaud anybody that's self-aware enough to say, you know, guns just don't fit my life right now. Because if you're keeping, if you know that, then you're going to keep your uh, group, your world uh, safe, and that's good for all of us. Right, and there are certain uh, lifestyles I think that some college students take on that, um, you know, there's no way to, no way else to put it. It's not compatible with the kind of, um, you know, always always being on your toes, always being aware, carrying, you know, weapons for self-defense. You know, there are people that willingly subject themselves to um, a lot more risk, and they should be allowed to do that and, uh, you know, we, we can say that these, uh, these tools aren't for everybody, but we should bring their attention to the fact that the, the, the fact that other people are allowed to do this, or other people are trained, you know, even if they don't want to pursue that route, they're, they're protected um, by other people's rights as well. And I've heard some more, um, you know, uh, thoughtful people who aren't really into carrying weapons uh, say as much. Very good. Well, we're going to run off to commercial for a second here. And when we come back, I want to talk more about what um, what you guys experience on the inside. Right. So you're on campus. You're in the middle of a typically and traditionally liberal leaning mindset, even though we're here in Arizona, which typically leans more conservative and so you guys probably see things um, from, from angles that others might not. Uh, and, and I want to tell people while we're on break, maybe you want to check out uh, some of the social media that you guys do and maybe check out your website. Um, Garrett, can you tell us uh, how to, or is that more of a Jacob question? I'm, I'm reading facial expressions here. <laughs> no, uh, if you want to check out our Facebook page, which is uh, the most up-to-date place, that's Students for Self-Defense at ASU. Um, that's our local page. You can also check out Students for Self-Defense nationally. Uh, we also have a website, which is S4, the number four, sd.org. Also, uh, like we mentioned, we're under the uh, Second Amendment Institute now, and donations to this organization are tax deductible. So if that's uh, something that you're interested in, if you'd like to help us out, there's a donate button on their Facebook page. Again, that's called uh, Second Amendment Institute. Fantastic. Very good. And so, like I said, we have a lot more to talk about with these two gentlemen 
who are on the college campus here in Arizona doing what they can to help make sure that students who spend their time, students who spend their money, parents who send their kids to that campus have the best opportunity to be sure to protect themselves. Stick around. we got a lot more coming up. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is in Old Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf. Org. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you. Thank you for being with us today. You are listening to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is the pursuit of life and liberty. And we're talking to some people that... You know, we usually think about, you know, the pursuit of life, liberty and happiness as a kind of a macro idea. Uh, You know, it's in the Declaration of Independence. But when we have seen these um, attacks take place uh, in malls, in office buildings, on college campuses, the pursuit of life and liberty becomes a very micro and very immediate uh, right now in my personal space uh, issue. And so uh, our two guests that we're talking to right now uh, do work on a college campus, the campus of Arizona State University here in Arizona, where we are sitting. Uh, Jacob Pritchett and Garrett Walliman, they are directors of a holistic approach to trying to bring uh, self-defense awareness and changing some of the rules and that sort of thing on campus. And their group is called Students for Self-Defense. So welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Hello. <laughs> I know they're like, do we say thank you? What do we say right now? Um, one of the things that I think uh, that trips us up with colleges is people like to use the term college kids. Okay? 
So when people think college kids and guns on campus, well, I was in my 20s. I was married. I had a business. I owned two homes. And I had a two-year-old child when I went to college. So when I started college. And so uh, I don't fit the college kid mode. And there's most people, uh, not most, many people who, who don't fit that mode. And shouldn't they have the ability to protect themselves any way that they would on the, the civilian side of the street, right? Or can they bring their mommy and daddy with them to school? <laughs> <laughs> Should we answer that honestly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Some do. So, so um, that's the thing. College students are, are sort of, there's this, uh, there's this, there's this issue where um, they're they're sort of treated like children, but on the at the same time they're expected to act like you know adults when it's convenient for other people to act like adults. Um, our kind of position is that you know we're over the you know age of eighteen. Pretty much everybody on a college campus they're in a public area. Um, they should be afforded the same uh, rights and privileges as people who you know are are in public in general. And um, as far as the weapons issue, a lot of people have, you know, expressed, um, you know, their concern to us that college students wouldn't be able to uh, handle this. And um, I just, I just think we've had the same kind of conversation about the, uh, about that when it comes to other adults who live in other places, right? And I, I got to be honest with you, I'll, I'll trust a lot of college students over a lot of non-college student adults that I've met. I don't think that there's this, that there's uh, some sort of magic experience wand that uh, makes them more trustworthy. My experiences haven't uh, shown me that. But I, th I think that um, there's a good case to be made from, you know, what's happened that when we allow people, you know, to protect their, their, their life in this manner, when you allow people to carry weapons, it doesn't result in the disastrous consequences that people predict. We have constitutional carry here in the state of Arizona, and it has, you know, done nothing to increase, um, you know, murder rates or, you know, violent deaths or anything as far as, you know, anybody's been able to tell. And people definitely predicted that the numbers would shoot up uh, when that passed in 2010, and they didn't. Well, J Jacob, I, I'd like to add, I mean, if, if the college teaches, treats you like your kids, you're easier to control and influence, Right. Right, and I, I think that a lot of this is actually about uh, control more than more than anything because I don't think that smart administrators are under any delusion that they can um, keep uh, mass shootings and assaults and things like that from happening um, because it, the facts just don't don't support that at all. I think that they're you know hoping and praying that that doesn't happen, and then at the same time trying to minimize their liability. And you know, save their own butts when it comes to these. And I know that's that might be a cynical way of looking at it, but that's you know that's what I have to conclude. There are other institutions that do this too. Um, banks uh, do this. Um, they allow uh, their employees to be, uh, you know, to really be uh, endangered by people who you know come in and would try to rob them or something like that. Because, hospitals, that's yeah, another. and hospitals because they don't want the insurance liability of having their employees carry weapons, even if it could mean protecting their lives. Absolutely. I was just going to follow up on the topic of uh, college kids being immature or something like that. Another thing to remember is about ASU specifically is that uh, we're right in the middle of the city, unlike other colleges, which are, you know, out in different places. 
I think that uh, more students live off campus than on campus. So for those students, once they leave campus, all of a sudden, all of those rights that they're being denied on campus suddenly come back to them. They're able to, to carry guns. So it's not like there's some sort of magical field between on campus and off where these students change. Um, they can certainly carry firearms off campus. And like Jacob said, we're not seeing all of these terrifying things that the other side predicts. Um, so evidence right there. Well, if I was in a room and a shooter came in, I would rather take my chances with some trained firearms holders than I would for that shooter that can just mow everyone down. I mean, yes, there is a chance there could be an accident or somebody else could get shot. But if nobody has a gun, this guy's going to clear the room, right? Right. There are all kinds of accidents that could happen. There are so many uh, what if, you know, what if scenarios. But uh, the fact is, if, you know, somebody attacks you and tries to kill you, there's a much higher chance that they are, you know, going to succeed than the chance of you accidentally killing yourself with something. I mean, for for Pete's sake, you could, you know, a coconut could drop on your head or, you know, you could... <laughs> you could you could fall down. You could get hit by a car. There's lots of you, you have to you have to balance the risks, and that's why people choose to carry not because they think that they're definitely going to be attacked, but because there's a chance, and they want to um, you know they want to shore themselves up. So that means the the people that make the rules they they're banking that they're not going to have a problem because because if not they would think hey if we're going to have this problem let's have some people that are armed. To defend ourselves, well, right? Well, a lot of people make those decisions um, not for themselves, but only for other people. If you look at the um, a lot of the uh, wealthy people who push the um, you know anti self defense agenda, they're very well protected by um, by people with firearms. If you look at I and I hate to mention, but the the campus police departments, their security protocols involving their buildings where they work are very strict, and there are lots of people. Um, you know, with guns, uh, you need to have somebody with a gun to escort you into their meeting rooms and everything. That's how their security protocols work. So they obviously, you know, think that this is a good idea. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, kind of piggybacking on that, uh, how can we, and who, who is we, how can we change the policy at ASU to allow students to defend themselves? Who's the we and how do we do it? As a long-term goal, the best way to change the policy is to get the student body on our side. Um, if the students uniformly support it, then the policy will change. Um, in the short term, uh, Jacob and I and our organization are working with uh, the ASU administration to try to take incremental steps getting there. Uh, this next coming semester, we're going to be focusing entirely on making pepper spray legal to carry on campus. Um, I mentioned before that most students do it anyway, so we may as well just make it legal. Um, and we hope that we can start taking some incremental steps towards uh, getting there using that strategy. You have to imagine what kind of threat could pepper spray do in in a in a bad situation. I mean, it's it could help you if you were attacked, but what could it do to attack? What could you use it to attack people with? It's not that effective, right? It could be a nuisance. A nuisance. That's mm-hmm. it. But it could save somebody's life on the other end. Absolutely. So, so a nuisance or protecting someone's life, which is more important? Right, exactly. And we're almost out of time, but I, I definitely wanted to, to ask this question. Um, what examples have there been to the ABOR changing their policy, and can we imitate this and, and tell folks what ABOR is? Uh, ABOR is the Arizona Board of Regents, and uh, a lot of people, including us, have made some kind of fuss for whatever reason about the individual universities uh, 
policies. A lot of that's just for simplicity's sake because it's hard to explain the, the structure and everything. But generally, the Board of Regents sets the policy for the three state universities uh, in Arizona. So Northern Arizona University, University of Arizona, and ASU are all under um, their rules. And they've uh, taken the stance right now that they don't want people to be able to carry um, these devices to protect themselves. And they're actually legally allowed to right now. Uh, the way Arizona's laws work is that they, they can make the decision and they can roll out the changes if they want to, but they have, um, they've chosen not to, even well, in the wake of all these things that have happened in, in, in other states. Well, I tend to see that money talks. And, you know, if you're the one that's shelling out money to pick, you know, to give to an institution of higher learning, Maybe this is one of the pieces of information that you want to vet, right? Am I treated like an adult on both sides of that sidewalk, right? Whether I'm on on the civilian side or whether I'm on the college campus side. And if you're a parent who's footing the bill, maybe think about these things. Yeah, unfortunately, though, the, the money talks thing uh, works both ways. Uh, unfortunately, um, there are a lot of potential donors that the universities court um, who, like a lot of other people, are pretty ignorant about these issues. And I'm fairly certain that a lot of this apprehension comes from not wanting to scare away donors. Hmm. And uh, I think they they want to take the easy route, which is to to cater to these people's fears, and they don't want to take the hard route, which is taking a, a principled stand and, um, you know, trying to go with, you know, things based on um, actual, you know, effect rather than desired outcome. All right. Well, we have to leave it there and wrap up. Please tell us again how people can follow your work, reach out, ask you questions, maybe join your group. If you want to uh, join or if you want to start your own chapter or something like that, you can uh, do that at s4sd.org slash join. We have a form you can pick your university or you can mention that you're at another university. If you'd like to donate and help out, you can do that at the SAI page. It's Second Amendment Institute on Facebook and just click on the donate button. Fantastic. Any final words, Garrett? Uh, thank you very much for having us on. We're always glad to get a chance to talk about what we're doing, and uh, hopefully we'll have some success this uh, next semester. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Jacob Pritchett and Garrett Walliman of Students for Self-Defense. Well, stick around. We still have our number two chock full of great guests, our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report, and Dan's Commentary right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey, 